Hi, Bill Federer here. In this episode of How We Got Here, we are going to look at 9-11. Americans remember December 7th as a date that will live in infamy. The tragic date Pearl Harbor was attacked. It was a date never to be forgotten. In a similar way, Islamists remember September 11th. It was a date never to be forgotten. While a large majority of Muslims are moderate, political Islam or Islamism is a globalist ideology with a long history of conquest. But three significant times, its expansion was stopped on that date. The first time was September 11th, 1565. Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent dominated the Mediterranean with intentions of not only invading Sicily, Sardinia, Majorca, and southern Spain, but Rome itself. The only thing standing in his way was a small, rocky island of Malta, just south of Sicily, defended by the Knights of Malta. In March of 1565, Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent sent Algerian Admiral Dragut to Malta with 200 ships and 40,000 Muslim soldiers, including 6,500 elite Janissary troops. Dragut stated, unless you have smoked out this nest of vipers, you can do no good anywhere. Queen Elizabeth I of England is said to have remarked, if the Turks should prevail against the Isle of Malta, it is uncertain what further peril might follow to the rest of Christendom. The Knights of Malta were led by a 70-year-old Frenchman, Pierre Parisot de la Vallée. Pleas for reinforcements went out across Europe, but defense seemed futile. La Vallette addressed his men. A formidable army composed of audacious barbarians is descending on this island. These persons, my brothers, are enemies of Jesus Christ. He continued, Today it is a question of the defense of our faith as to whether the Gospels are to be superseded by the Quran. God on this occasion demands of us our lives already vowed to his service. Happy will be those who first consummate this sacrifice. The Turks attacked again and again, even reducing one of their fortresses to rubble, but the knights kept fighting, resolved to save Western civilization. Finally, Dragut was killed, and the Muslim warriors sailed away on September 11, 1565. The second time, the Islamic expansion was stopped on that date, was September 11th, 1683. Sultan Mahmud IV sent over 138,000 Muslim Ottoman Turks to surround Vienna, Austria, led by General Mustafa Pasha. For two months, they starved the 11,000 Habsburg Austrian defenders. Sultan Mahmud IV sent the message to Austrian King Leopold I. Await us in your residence so we can decapitate you. Polish King Jan Sobieski gathered 81,000 Polish, Austrian, and German troops 
and led a surprise attack on September 11, 1683. They made one of the largest charges in history, 38,350 cavalry and dragoons. Soldiers had made wings for their backs, which made a thunderous noise when they charged, causing the Turks to flee in confusion. Upon entering the abandoned Turkish tents, Sobieski found bags of beans, coffee beans, revealing how Turks could fight day and night. The beans came from Ethiopia, the one African country to stay Christian. And the Muslims called the Christians in Ethiopia infidels or kafirs, from which is assumed the word coffee was derived. The legend is that Pope Clement VIII was petitioned to declare coffee the drink of the devil due to its association with Muslims. But the pontiff tasted it and liked it, stating, this devil's drink is so good we should cheat the devil by baptizing it. Shortly after the victory of Vienna, Polish General Klaszowski opened Vienna's first coffee house and coffee quickly spread across Europe. The Pope and European leaders hailed Jan Sobieski as the savior of Western civilization. President Theodore Roosevelt wrote, in his 1916 book, Fear God and Take Your Own Part, from the hammer of Charles Martel to the sword of Jan Sobieski, Christianity owed its safety in Europe to the fact it could and would fight as well as the Mohammedan aggressor. The humiliated Muslim army beheaded General Mustafa Pasha and sent his head back to Sultan Mahmud IV in a velvet bag. Hilaire Belloc wrote in The Great Heresies, 1938, less than 100 years before the American War of Independence, a Mohammedan army was threatening to overrun and destroy Christian civilization. Vienna was almost taken, and only saved by the Christian army under the command of the King of Poland, on a date that ought to be among the most famous in history, September 11th, 1683. The third time the Islamic expansion was stopped on that date was September 11th, 1697. Muslim Ottoman Turks dominated Belgrade, Serbia since 1521. In 1691, Austria helped free Belgrade, but Muslim Ottoman Turks recaptured it and razed the city's buildings to the ground. The Serbian Orthodox Patriarch led thousands to flee to the Austrian Habsburg Empire in the first great Serbian migration. Habsburg Prince Eugene of Savoy led the Holy League to counterattack. Losing 500 men, the Holy League killed 30,000 Turks in one of the Ottoman Empire's worst defeats in history, the Battle of Zenta, September 11, 1697. After these three major defeats, the Battle of Malta, 
September 11, 1565, the Battle of Vienna, September 11, 1683, and the Battle of Zenta, September 11, 1697, the expansion of the Ottoman Empire stopped and began its slow decline. Many think it is more than coincidence that September 11th was chosen for the 2001 and 2012 attacks, as well as near that date in 2021, the Taliban took control of Afghanistan. On September 11th, 2001, Islamic terrorists hijacked passenger jets. Two were flown into New York's World Trade Center. One crashed into the Pentagon and one crashed in Pennsylvania. President Bush stated, freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. That evening, Bush stated, thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. Pictures of planes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge structures collapsing have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. He continued, America was targeted because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve. I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. The UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights, written with the help of Eleanor Roosevelt, was adopted by the UN General Assembly, December 8, 1948. Without referencing the Creator as the source of rights, like the U.S. Declaration of Independence, the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights includes articles such as Article 18, everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. This right includes freedom to change his religion or belief. This conflicted with Islamic Sharia law, which imposes the death penalty for anyone who leaves the Islamic religion. Many articles in the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights were rejected by the leaders of 57 Islamic states who formed their own group called the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, or OIC. In 1990, the OIC passed the Cairo Declaration on Human Rights in Islam, affirming Sharia law as supreme with the death penalty for those leaving Islam punishing women who are victims of rape, allowing men to be polygamous, permitting wife-beating, censoring speech, insulting Islam. On December 12, 2011, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton began a three-day closed-door meeting with the OIC, promising to support their Istanbul process to universally criminalize speech insulting Islam, 
effectively enforcing demi status on non-Muslims worldwide. By definition, the Christian gospel insults Sharia Islam. If someone in a Sharia-controlled country proclaims Jesus Christ more than a prophet, but also the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for the sins of the world, it would mean the death penalty for that person. In fact, all speech contrary to Islam insults Islam. At the end of the meeting, OIC Secretary General Akmeladin Ishanoglu stated, The Istanbul process initiated with Secretary of State Hillary Clinton must be carried forward. Clinton added, We now need to move to implementation. In the following months, Hillary Clinton's State Department ignored repeated requests for security by Ambassador Chris Stevens in Libya. Then on September 11, 2012, Ambassador Stevens was killed with several others in the Benghazi attack. The night of the attack, Secretary Clinton's State Department blamed a video and shortly after sent memos to YouTube and Google recommending they censor speech insulting Islam, consistent with the promises made at the OIC Istanbul process meeting. U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice, propelled this narrative, as did President Obama, when he told the U.N. General Assembly, September 25, 2012, the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. Under President Obama, the U.S. supported the Muslim Brotherhood's ousting of moderate Egyptian President Mubarak. The Muslim Brotherhood's fundamentalist ideology has been labeled Islamism. Then U.S. weapons were used to oust Libya's President Gaddafi. Requests made by Judicial Watch through the Freedom of Information Act revealed emails of weapons being moved from Benghazi in a fast and furious gun-running style program to arm Muslim fighters ousting Syria's moderate President Assad. It appeared to many that this may have been part of a larger plan of international destabilization removing moderate leaders in order to reestablish an Islamic caliphate, a step coinciding with the globalist agenda of a one-world government. When Russia came to Assad's defense, the Muslim terrorists, armed and trained by the U.S., attacked into Syria and Iraq, calling themselves ISIS, and proceeded to torture, rape, behead, and displace hundreds of thousands. The Obama administration's arming of Islamic militants was reported by the Los Angeles Times, March 27, 2016. In Syria, militias armed by the Pentagon fight those armed by the CIA. Pushing back against this was Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who introduced in 2016 the Stop Arming Terrorist Act. The New York Times reported, July 27, 2017, 
President Trump has ended the clandestine American program to provide arms and supplies to Syrian rebel groups, American officials said. Robin Simcox of the Heritage Foundation wrote January 29th, 2018, some of the problems the Trump administration is now trying to resolve are those the Obama administration helped create. Trump deserves credit for hastening the downfall of ISIS caliphate. However, the war is not over. The threat has mutated and will continue to mutate. Islamism is an ideology with its own propulsion. Highlighting America's ideology of freedom, President Bush stated September 13th, 2001, in the face of all this evil, we remain strong and united, one nation under God. Thank you for watching this episode of How We Got Here. I hope it has been insightful. God bless you.